So we're focusing on prostate cancer then for today in our health talk. Dr. Dominique Stott is the Chief Medical Officer at Liberty. Dr. Stott, good morning. Good morning to you, Cathy. Um, how prevalent is prostate cancer in South Africa? Unfortunately, it's, the prevalence is very high. Um, the, it, this is for a, a whole variety of reasons. Um, the causes of prostate cancer vary from aging. So, you know, just because you get older as a man, you are much more likely to develop it. Um, but there's a very her- high hereditary factor as well as genetic predisposition to prostate cancer, particularly amongst African men. And this has been noted not only in Southern Africa, but worldwide, where there has been movement of a, a black African population to, for example, the United States or to the UK. There is this genetic preponderance for developing prostate cancer. And unfortunately, prostate cancer is largely a silent cancer until it's too late. Um, so that's why the, the mortality rate is increasing together with the incidence. You know, in South Africa, the incidence rate, life, the lifetime prevalence for the male population for prostate cancer is about between 1 in 19 and 1 in 28 South African men will develop it, and 20% of those men will die from it, which is a tragedy because checking is actually relatively simple. Mm. Dr. Stott, I know this might be a bit of a difficult question to pose to you, especially when it comes to the prevalence of prostate cancer, in particular among African men. Do we have any idea of what it is about the genes that could that actually results in this? There isn't a clear view mm. as to why it happens. Mm. Um, it is one of those things, you know, you get um, tendencies amongst different racial groups worldwide. Um, you know, there is a, a tendency for um, people from southern India to develop diabetes because they just have that inherent genetic trait. And this could be a similar thing. But it, what it does mean is that African men should start checking themselves against this cancer earlier than um, men from other racial groups. And it's been, it's been suggested that men who are um, age 40 and African should have both the, the PSA test and a digital rectal examination from the age of 40, which is about 5 to 10 years earlier than men from other racial groups. It's it's important information to know and for people to also be mindful of. And I think, you know, I, I, I kind of fast forwarded a bit into the conversation and I didn't start perhaps with the basics on what exactly prostate cancer is. Well, prostate cancer develops in the prostate gland, which is obviously part of the, the male reproductive system. And the prostate gland function is to produce the fluid um, to allow semen to the, to survive, um, so that without it, without the prostate gland, you don't allow this semen to be liquid enough to um, to allow reproduction to occur. Um, 
men can survive without a prostate gland, um, but you don't want to develop cancer in it because removing the gland has got problems of its own, in particular with um, the reproductive function and getting erectile dysfunction. But the prostate gland, if it does develop cancer, there are so many treatment options available to men without having necessarily to remove the gland that you want men to understand if they go for a checkup and this cancer is caught early in a stage one or stage two, which means it's still relatively localized, their prognosis is excellent. There's about 100% five-year survival for those men, but they've got to catch it early. Mm. So, you know, once, once you develop symptoms of prostate cancer, it can be too late. And that's a tragedy when, when really the testing for it and the, the screening for it is relatively simple. I want us to talk about what some of those symptoms for prostate cancer are. Dr. Dominic Stott is the Chief Medical Officer at Liberty and we'll continue our conversation with her after the break. The numbers to use this morning, 011-714-2006. I'll also be taking your WhatsApp messages and voice notes on 0614-104107. Just a reminder that the conversation is going to go until about 11.30 this morning, so it's not the usual hour that we have uh, to carry on. So do get move on it quickly, especially if you have, uh, you know, specific questions that you'd like to put to Dr. Stott. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. I'm in conversation with Dr. Dominique Stott. She's the Chief Medical Officer at Liberty. And for our health talk today, we're focusing on prostate cancer. And Dr. Stott, before we went to the break, uh, we were on the issue of symptoms. What is it that, um, are, that are widely recognized as symptoms of prostate cancer? Well, as I indicated earlier, um, perhaps the listeners didn't hear that the it can be completely asymptomatic, and that's the problem. But the symptoms that may develop um, include a change in urinary function. So somebody who normally passed urine quite easily suddenly finds that they have difficulty in passing urine or they, they can't initiate urination or they can't stop urination when they need to. Uh, burning pain. Um, blood in the urine, blood in the semen, um, and erectile dysfunction can be initial symptoms. If somebody develops sudden onset of significant back pain or bone pain elsewhere, that could be a late indicator of the disease's progress to um, metastatic cancer, which is much harder to treat. Um, but because this cancer can develop on the outside of the prostate gland, it doesn't always cause those kind of urinary symptoms, which is why it's so important to have um, a checkup. A GP can do the checkup. It's, it's a simple one. Um, and it's not completely fail, fail-proof, but at least it's a good start to making sure that this man is not neglecting his health which would be a terrible thing to do when 
especially with cancer, should be relatively easy to detect. But in these times of COVID, I think men have put off this kind of testing. Nobody particularly enjoys a rectal examination or a blood test, but it still should be done. Mm, okay. Let me go to Zanin, uh, David, rather, in Zanin. Hi, David. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm well, thank you, sir. Yeah. Yes, Katie. Um, I, I just want to advise men mm. to do some tests every six months for this uh, uh, prostate cancer because I was one, one of the... Uh, the people who are the person who was um, um, having that uh, uh, prostate cancer. I went to the doctor and the doctor uh, asked me to take a blood test because I was taking the um, the sugar and, uh, and diabetic uh, medicine, medication. And then mm-hmm. he said it's very important when you've got uh, this kind of diseases like uh, yeah. Uh, diabetic, diabetic, and um, uh, and um, high blood pressure. He said every six months you must take, you must do blood test. And once he did blood test to my side, when the result comes, and they said uh, there is a, a swelling, something on the prostate, he is starting to swear. Mm. And then he advised, told me that okay, David, I will, I will. I will seek or I will, I will get some um, specialist who will, have, who will guide us how to manage this thing. Mm. And then he contacted some specialist in Whitbank, and then he transferred me there to, to, to Whitbank, and I went there, they tested me, and it, I was positive. And then he transferred, and then the doctor, at the same time, he get, uh, uh, what can we say, what is that, permission from, the, from GEMS. Mm. Then they... They sent me to Middleburg Midnight, where they did another test in the theater there. In other words, they are going to take those small uh, the, the pieces of uh, the, mm. the, some small pieces there and send into to, to for testing. And they also come back, and the doctor said, you know, it's positive. Mm. And then he sent me to the specialist in, in Pulukwani, where and then the doctor there in Pulukwani, um, he, he assisted me. Then he said that we are going to do chemo on, you know, on that thing. And, he, and then, fortunately enough, uh, the cancer was starting to develop. It was still at the early stage. Mm. And then uh, he gave me um, uh, the date that when I will be coming back. And he, he told me that, you know, he's still going to uh, get some um, needles that they are going to, he's going to use on me. And they are not in South Africa, they are from overseas. And then uh, he arranged for me, then I went to Netcare in Polokwani there. They do the, they, they, they do the chemo there. And later, he told me that uh, he has uh, put 52 pins, needles, on the, on, the, on the prostate cancer. And then from now, 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 now I'm all right, there's no problem now. Mm. I'm mm. healed. And those symptoms that I've been seeing them, they are no more there. And I'm continued taking um, blood tests every six months. And my doctor said, no, it's just normal, it's just normal. 
Okay, David, thank you so much for 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 calling in and also for um, for sharing your story. I'll get Dr. Stott to also weigh in on part of what you've shared with us. Uh, let me go to Butsafela in Paris. Butsafela, good morning. Yeah, Katie and Doctor. Uh, my yeah, my question is Butsafela uh, in Paris. My question is uh, about cancer. Now. Uh, uh, ganja, matekwani can mm. heal can heal uh, cancer or another some tea mm. difference of tea uh, I, because refmana uh, that information when we we so we, we so talk about so it. how re, or, or another something what is that uh, another something is uh, like uh, this uh, nowadays tea like China tea or green tea oh okay 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 all right no but safela thanks for that um doctors dr stott will answer on the radio so um he's Mm. asking about whether or not uh, marijuana uh heals prostate cancer or maybe even prevents prostate cancer and if drinking green tea has any benefits uh for Mm. prostate cancer prevention nothing has been proven um and I can't comment on that from a scientific point of view. Mm. Um, I would rather recommend if somebody chooses to, if, if, they've, if they've got cancer and they choose to go the route of marijuana or green tea, they use that together with conventional medical treatment um, because, you know, we, we would rather somebody perhaps did both rather than just rely on anecdotal evidence of of something like marijuana mm. or green tea. Um, if I may refer back to the first gentleman. Who sure, spoke, go ahead, go ahead. Um, the, it's very important when a man has had cancer that his male children are made aware that there's a very high hereditary disposition for prostate cancer. It's one of the most highly hereditable cancers so if somebody's father had prostate cancer, um, then a man should check himself earlier than, than normal, than other men. Mm-hmm. Um, but for our first gentleman who spoke, he must make his own son, if he has sons, aware that mm-hmm. he's had this and they must get checked earlier probably from the age of about 40. All right that is such that is such an important point to uh-huh. uh, to bring across because often um, I think parents don't really tell their children a lot about the uh-huh. some of the illnesses that they may have faced especially if the children are not there to witness it themselves so they often mm-hmm. kind of go through these processes quietly and silently in their own little corners um, yeah. so it, it's an important point to make there. Dr. Stott, we're going to continue the conversation after 11.30 because I've got a few more important uh, questions that the listeners are bringing up and we'll wrap up at about 20 to 12 o'clock. Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. All right. Sure. Thank you so much for that. It's 11.30. Utsile Saku is standing by with your headlines. How nice of you to finally join us, Utsile. Welcome. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
For our health feature today, we're talking prostate cancer. Dr. Dominique Stott is the Chief Medical Officer at Liberty, and we're taking just some of the questions that you've been putting through in the last half hour or so. Uh, Somebody says, I'm not shocked with the high number of mortality rate due to prostate cancer because the government's agenda is to get rid of us men. You won't find a single urologist in level one hospitals in Smolanyan towns like mine where we as men could go and check ourselves even these latest HIV prevention vaccines are only made to protect women doctor why is there no pap smear for men um, you know the, the the screening actually for prostate cancer can be done um, by a general practitioner and it's a simple test and um, there should be no reason why, even in a small town, it can't be done in the private sector. I do understand that there are government limitations around this, but I, I'm really not in a position to comment on the government's stance mm-hmm. on greening for prostate cancer. I will say, though, that um, there is a lot, one has to weigh up as a government the the screening rationale because you don't want to screen everybody necessarily mm. because you've still got to weigh up the cost of that screening versus how many men are likely to die from the condition if it's not detected. And the a screening of a cancer like this one would think would be advisable even in the government sector, um, but carrying it out on a large scale could be far too expensive. Mm. Well, um, you, you want to make sure that your screening is targeting a significant number of the population who are definitely going to get this in order to warrant the cost that is involved. Mm. One of our other listeners is asking if um, prostate cancer is curable in all stages or are there certain stages where one has to give up over this cancer? And, uh, you know, he's making an example of whether it's curable at stage three or four versus uh, one and two, maybe. You know, one and two, as I said, is is virtually curable. Mm. Um, Three and four is more difficult. And obviously, um, as with so many cancers, the more money you can throw at a stage three or four cancer, the, the, like the, the greater likelihood there is that you're going to survive longer. But cure is a very strong word mm-hmm. because once you've got a stage three or four cancer, cure is, is usually not possible. But managing the condition successfully so that that person's life can continue for five years, ten years without symptoms and without any loss of functioning, they can go back to work, then then that is a good management mm. protocol to have. Somebody else says, and I, I'm not sure what this means, but you might, doctor. Kathy, I received uh-huh. my results yesterday. It's high at 141, and I've been referred to Baragwanath Hospital. I've been doing the test twice every year. Please advise. Um, I don't know what uh-huh. that 141 figure would represent. I'm not sure either, but it could be a PSA result, mm. a blood result. Um, you know, there are false positives for a PSA as well. PSA is done on the blood, mm. and 
after the laboratory, they, they send the result back to the doctor who gives it to the patient. Um, but there are things that can cause a high PSA. That is why you refer somebody to an expert. High, uh, it can be caused, high results can be caused by um, infection, for example, or a, um, a uh, hello, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm still here, Dr. Stott. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd lost you. No, no um, problem. It can be caused by an enlarged prostate gland, an infection in the prostate gland. Mm. So it's not automatic that it's cancer. So there's no need to be alarmed just yet. A digital rectal has to be done at the same time because that way a urologist or a, or a GP who's competent in this will be able to determine to a greater degree mm-hmm. of accuracy whether this is cancer or not. But uh, uh, don't throw yourself off a bridge just yet just because you think that this yeah. is cancer. Just, just, just wait for more tests to be done. Yes. Absolutely. Didi in Valcom wants to know if it's true that regular masturbation can decrease the chances of prostate cancer. Okay, I really, I really don't know. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, whatever makes your boat float. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I've. Uh, perhaps we can move on to the negative. <laughs> All right, sure, no problem. Um, uh, somebody else wants to know if there are specific foods that one can eat regularly to avoid um, prostate cancer. That's Khaurelo out in Soshanguve. Oh, look, there's nothing that really... We, we know what leads to a greater chance of getting prostate cancer, mm-hmm. diets um, high in saturated fat, and lots of red meat, all those good things. Um, just as with many cancers, um, you you have a higher tendency to develop prostate cancer if you eat that sort of thing. Mm. Um, decreased activity and, you know, the, the jury's still out about obesity, whether it does or does not have a role to play. But to prevent prostate cancer, nothing has been, nothing has been found this far. You know, the trouble with prostate cancer is that it is so common worldwide um, and there is so much research being done into it because it's just about the most common cancer found amongst men mm. and nobody's come up with a, um, a recipe yet to mm. prevent it in spite of all this research. So as it is at the moment, just like with so many cancers, lead a healthy lifestyle Get yourself checked out. Hope for the best. Okay. Um, I'm going to take one last question from our WhatsApp line. It says, hi, Kathy. Can one get this cancer at the age of 31? I always feel heat on my testicles and I have some warts. Um, you, okay. To address the first issue, prostate cancer can occur in men who are younger, but it is highly uncommon. I would say rare. Um, unless there's a family history, as I said, it's so hereditable that um, one would need to get it checked up. But um, there is no link between um, the testes and the prostate. Uh, testicular cancer and prostate cancer, completely different organs, part of the same organ system, but they don't lead to each other. I think that might, is that what this gentleman is asking? 
Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not really sure because that's literally all that is said in the message. Mm-hmm. What I read out is mm-hmm. all that's said. There's nothing else. You know, if I can just say, mm. testicular cancer is a very is the, one of the most common cancers amongst young men. Mm. So a lump or a nodule on the testes must also be investigated. Um, the, and then they, beyond the age of about 35, testicular cancer incidence drops off and then picks up again from the age of about 60. Mm. But in between those years, testicular cancer is not really that common. It's, it's just um, that men must always watch out. So if there's something that develops on the testes younger than the age of 35, they must have that checked too. All right. Thanks for that, uh, Dr. Stott. And we'll take Barry, our final caller from East London. Barry, good morning. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to the doctor. Uh, thank you guys for a wonderful show that you're having. Thank um, you so much, Barry. Go ahead. Yeah, doctor, I would just like to know, I have an enlarged prostate now for about uh, four years, about three to four years. And I, um, I'm, I'm seeing a specialist and I go to him uh, at least twice a month, uh, sorry, twice a year. And I've just been to him yesterday and my PSA level was at 7.2. And about uh, three months ago, it was 6.8. So in the last couple of, uh, I would say the last year, my PSA level has been fluctuating. And uh, I think it was around about the beginning of the year, it was around about nine. And I, I don't know whether I had an infection in the prostate, um, mm. But at the moment, at the moment now, it is sitting. Uh, I went for my PSA uh, two uh, about three weeks ago, uh, mm. and he uh, said to me yesterday it is at seven point two, and he uh, does a normal uh, uh, testing of the you know to feel the prostate and it feels mm. uh, nice and soft. He says, um, mm. uh, but just Michael, he, he did ask me about the options of having my prostate removed. I I do struggle. Uh, 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 at times to uh, to urinate, I do get up at least about two three times a night uh, to uh, urinate. I I struggle to empty the bladder, so I frequently uh, have to go to the toilet, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm just trying to weigh up my options because uh, he he did put the question to me yesterday. You know, uh, I should think about having the prostate removed. You know, uh, so. And then I wanted to know from him, you know, what are the side effects of of having the prostate removed? Um, so yes, uh, uh, doctor. Um, those are some of my questions, and you know, and also mm-hmm. what sort of aggravates the enlarged prostate? You know, um, and I did ask him also um, why is you know, and I, I know it might sound a silly question that science just cannot find a, a treatment to mm-hmm. slow the uh, the growth of the of the prostate gland. You know. Uh, no, at the moment, don't. I don't have. At, at the moment, I don't have any blood in my urine. Uh, I don't have pain uh, when, uh, with ejaculation. Mm-hmm. I don't have pain uh, passing urine. Um, so things look okay, but I'm just. I was just a bit concerned about the uh, my PSA level, which is was sitting at about seven point two. So he, he he wants to see me in another three months' time to do another yes. PSA blood test, and we'll take it from there. So uh, I'll I'll listen to you and uh, for, for your advice, Doctor. Thank you. You know, the, I think the most important thing that you've done this far is is get yourself monitored um, because yes, monitoring is the trick yes. to this. It's 
making sure that this is not consistently going up. Because yes, if yes. it were, that would be perhaps more of a problem than if it's fluctuating, which is what it sounds like doing, like it's yes. doing. Um, yes. A discussion around having your prostate removed is a very difficult conversation for you to have, um, but yes. you have to have that conversation with your specialist because there yes. are, as I mentioned earlier, significant problems that might arise. I'm not saying they always do, but no. they might. And you need to be aware of those. But prior to prostate gland removal, there are various other medical techniques which can be used to control the growth of a, of a cancer, and there are medications no. which can be used to control the growth of um, the hyperplastic gland, the, the BPH. Um, well, the, so the, the only medication that I'm on at the moment now is, uh, it's called Tamsil. You know, that's to uh, relax the prostate gland to, to allow me to urinate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so that's the only medication that I'm on at the moment. I'm, you know, I'm not taking anything else. You know, your urologist is the, is the best person to discuss your concerns with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the yeah. fact that you're going back in three months is a very good thing. Just make sure you keep that appointment. Okay. All yes, right, no, no, Barry. I, yes, thank you so much, guys. Okay. Really <laughs> Sorry, we've run out of time, Barry. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, Barry's out in East London. And Dr. Dominic Stott, let me thank you for your time today. Uh, she's the Chief Medical Officer at Liberty.